You're listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast, hosted by Alan Draper and Eric Bassett. Each week, they'll discuss ways to scale and grow your pest control company with a goal of helping you become a bug money millionaire. All of these things are working together to kind of raise the awareness of your brand, to your point, Alan, to Google. So your website's coming up on the list. More and more people are finding you. More and more people are making it. That's how you know that your company is doing a good job. If you see your domain authority going in the opposite direction, if you see uh, attendance to your website going in the opposite direction, it's time to kind of renegotiate the terms a little bit with your digital marketing company. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bug Bucks podcast. I'm Alan Draper. I've got Eric Bassett with me here as always. What's going on, Eric? Hey, Alan, not too much. I've realized that at the beginning of each of these episodes, I do my usual like weather forecast, like, oh, weather's like hot, that. weather's good. <laughs> I like that. Weather's changing. Bro. Dude, right? It's it's frosty, man. In the mornings, I've got frost on the grass, frost on the car. We finally started getting a ton of rain in the Pacific Northwest, which they are all super stoked about and I am sad about because that means the uh, lead volume might dip a little bit, but you know. It's yeah. seasonal. We're all good. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, what affects our industry more than weather? Exactly. Right? Like, I love talking about the weather. You know, it's a big deal. It's starting to cool off here in Arizona, which is always a welcome thing. But we still have ants and other critters like crazy. So we're actually going to get into, into marketing. I get marketing questions all the time. I get them all the time. And, you know... It's actually, we didn't plan this, but today we're, we're welcoming back Matt Rogers. And today, the day that we're recording this, I don't know when it's going to air, but we're recording on October 25th. Today is Lizard's one-year anniversary. We've been in the digital marketing grind for pest control companies for one year now. And so we're young, but we're, we're doing a lot of great things. So just just kind of an update on Matt. So he's done a few episodes with us. So, you know, our regular listeners are are familiar with him. He's also very active in the Bug Bucks Facebook group. And if you're not, for the listener, if you're not, make sure to join that. That's B-U-G-B-U-X. You'll find us on Facebook. There's a lot of great pest control business advice in there. And just a great group there. So Matt's previous episodes with us are episode 33. And that was titled The Facts and Fallacies of Scaling a Pest Control Company with Digital Marketing. And then, and that episode dropped on May 26th. And then he was also on episode 39, Why Marketing is Worth the Investment for Your Pest Control Company, which dropped on July 7th of this year. So make sure to go back and listen to those episodes. But without further ado, welcome back to the show, Matt. We're so glad to have you, my man. Thank you. Thank you. I like that hat. Yeah, I'm wearing my lizard hat. You know, <laughs> I celebrate the birthdays of my companies because it's like, you know, we made it another year, right? Like, <laughs> and lizard, like in full disclosure, there was a really rocky start early on this time last year, November ish, you know, into the beginning of 2022. And, you know, I'm really proud of lizard. So the fact that we are celebrating the first birthday is a really big deal. And now everything's just going crazy. We just finished a successful week at Pest World. We're building our team, hiring like crazy. So things are really good. 
What's kind of on your mind right now with where pest control is? I know that Eric wanted to get into some SEO specific questions and we wanted to, actually, that might be the best place to start. Eric, why don't we kind of get into some of your questions? And we've talked about some of the nomenclature before, but let's get into some of the terms. Let's define some commonly used terms in digital marketing. I know I throw them around a lot. And they're like, hey, what's PPC? What's SEO? So let's get started there. Yeah, thanks, Alan. I get these questions a lot. Just like Alan was saying, marketing is the one common thing that it's like every single week, someone has some questions about marketing here or there. And obviously, there's a lot of acronyms in the vernacular, you know, SEO, right? SEO, SEM, CPL, GMB, LSA, you know, all this stuff. But the two that I want to focus on the most is, SEO and SEM. So if you want to kind of tell me, you know, what those mean, difference between the two, I mean, kind of the evolution of how that's come to be so important for pest control companies. So think of when you use the word SEM, think of an umbrella word, right? It's encompassing a lot of digital marketing underneath there. Search engine management, right? There's a lot of things that go into search engine management, But one of those things inside of there is SEO, and that's search engine optimization. So search engine optimization refers to a website's ability to rank well on Google. That's the easiest way to kind of describe it. One of the key factors that help Google get you there is your domain authority, right? That's the thing that we track and monitor pretty much the closest when it comes to SEO. And the second piece of the puzzle when it comes to SEO is simplicity of the idea behind your site. So are the things that were put into your site helpful enough to Google to recall your site quickly when a user is typing in information? Does it understand that that you are a pest control company fast enough to give a result to somebody who's searching for a pest control company? So... SEM is an umbrella term and SEO refers to organic ranking for your website. Gotcha. Which is super clear to me. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think people use SEO and SEM kind of interchangeably. My next question is, and I've had a couple of guys that have either, some guys use separate companies. They'll use a paid advertising company to run all their paid campaigns. And meanwhile, they have this quote unquote SEO guy, right? That kind of does quote unquote SEO for them. And it's been increasingly difficult for those guys to track performance and really know what a set expectations are for their SEO guys. So if I was a client and I came to you and I said, Matt, I'm not sure if I'm ready to get into the paid advertising game, but I've heard that SEO slash SEM is a good place to start. What kind of package would you put together for me? What would it include? And what are the benefits of having somebody work on those things for me? Well, when you're working on search engine marketing for clients, you really have to, a company like Lizard has, or or any marketing company has to factor in a lot of things. The first thing that I would start doing with a brand new client is figuring out how their SEO is doing, right? Do they rank well naturally? right? Without a lot of help from paid search. Paid search is like throwing a life raft to your website if it's drowning, okay? Paid search gets you back up to the top of Google if you're struggling a little bit to be there naturally. So the first thing I do is look into their SEO and see how their website ranks. 
and then figure out what their needs might be. Then the next kind of step in the process is to figure out, okay, yes, your website is ranking well, naturally. Let's talk about some options of some other things that we can do to get more leads into your office, right? Or no, your website's really struggling. I was meeting with a client. They believe they had some good SEO, potential client. They believe they had some good SEO, but their domain authority for their website was one, which it doesn't get there's nowhere to go but up <laughs> when you're like no you do not have good seo for your website we need to start making some infrastructure investments there to help google understand who you are and what your business is about then we need to take a different path to help them with their their marketing strategy everybody should always be working on their seo everybody everybody should be working on their uh, search engine optimization in fact that's one of the reasons i reached out to alan a lot of current clients and even potential clients that we're talking to right now think that we're heading into the off season. You mentioned that at the start of the show, which is true. This is a great time to be making investments in the infrastructure of your website, your SEO, to improve the performance of your website naturally. So you can renegotiate with Google how much money you're going to be giving them for paid search and the following season that's going to be here before you know it. So everybody should always be working on their SEO. What really determines at what capacity is how much budget businesses have the ability to or are actually setting aside to invest in other aspects of digital marketing. I talk to a lot of clients that don't have a huge budget and that's okay, right? So why don't we look into LSA ads, right? Together, right? Uh, Google guaranteed. Let's get you up at the very tip top of Google. You're going to pay just a little bit more for the conversion there, but you can uh, refute any leads that are, aren't any good, right? And you'd have to have a terrible inside sales team not to close these leads down. Let's start there, right? Or you've got a little bit of extra money. Let's start to look into your PPC, your pay-per-click ads, right? We've got lots of options in there. Performance max uh, ads that we can run, display ads that we can run, retargeting for people that have visited your site and maybe not made a buying decision, YouTube pre-roll. All of that's inside of that PPC kind of category. So if you've got a little bit of extra budget, let's start talking about that. The cost per conversion is lower, but you're going to have to work a little bit harder to close these leads down, right? No matter what piece of digital marketing, no matter what piece of search engine marketing a client is using in that umbrella term, they need to be always constantly in some degree working on their search engine optimization, their SEO. They've always got to be fiddling around with that a little bit, hopefully with a good partner, a good digital marketing company. I'm glad that you bring all that stuff up about how important SEO is. It kind of sounds like the foundation of your whole marketing game, right? So, you know, if really what you need is to have strong SEO and SEM is kind of the umbrella over all of that. I've heard a lot of guys that will talk about these SEO guys that, you know, it's like, what are they doing for you? Uh, well, he writes blogs for me. And other than that, I don't really know. So I wanted to pick your brain a little bit. Tell me how important, you know, blogs are, how those even play a role when it comes to SEO or SEM. And then also tell me if at all, the GMB, like Google My Business Profile, plays a role in SEO? That's very good. I'm gonna, I want to start with the first one. Those are both great questions. Let's start with the first one. Let's talk about blogs. 
the business owner for the market, let's say your market, Eric, you need to be talking to the company that you're working with about which blogs they are creating. Don't let a company just write blogs that are not contextual to your market, right? What uh, Alan is dealing with in Phoenix, Arizona, in the pest season right now, is different than what I am dealing with in the Carolinas over here on the East Coast. Do you know what I mean? And so if everybody's just writing blogs for blog's sake, it's not going to be very helpful to your business. And I'll tell you why. What triggers Google to find your blog and help it understand your business better is if the proper homework has been done to write blogs that are contextual to your market at the time that a user is searching for it. So right now, we're going to start to see in the Carolinas more occasional invaders, for example, right? More creepy crawlies, silverfish, centipedes, stuff like that coming into folks' homes. My wife has spotted a couple of roaches. I can always tell because there's a scream from a distant floor. And I know exactly what it is and I know exactly what to do. The blogs that are created to support a business that's doing SEO in the Carolinas right now needs to be blogs that are about occasional invaders, right? And that way, when somebody's looking for pest control at a given time in a given geographic region, Google can find that content and pull your website up to the top quickly, right? So blogs are a very important tool for SEO and they need to be contextual to your business and the market that you represent. The other piece of the puzzle is, I guess, the the best way to describe it, there are two ways to think about SEO. There's the SEO of your website, and then there's like the local SEO of your Google My Business page, right? Have you ever noticed when you're searching for something, let's take it outside of the context of uh, pest control, let's think about uh, maid services. I always use this example. Maid service in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? There's always like a cluster on the right of businesses that show up with their reviews according to the map inside of uh, the GMB profiles over there on the right of that Google search. And the reason that they're showing up is because there's content, whether that's reviews or blogs or posts that have been added to that GMB that help Google understand that this is what this business does. And so making sure that some of the information about your business and staying on top of giving your Google My Business profile current information about what's going on with your business is important. Maybe you don't make it to the tip top of the Google list naturally, but maybe your local SEO from your Google My Business profile has got good content. And for some reason, when everybody anybody searches for maid services in Charlotte, North Carolina, oh, look, there's Minute Maids, or look, there's Molly Maids, or look, do you know what I'm saying? Because content has been put inside of that profile to let Google know that that's what that business is. That information has to be up to date as well. It's, it's very important. That makes a lot of sense. you know. And also, when we were getting our LSA, Google Guaranteed, squared away kind of in the beginning when it first came out, That was one of the things that they stressed a lot, which was making sure that your GMB profile was fully squared away and completed. And, you know, through our marketing company, we've had um, lengthy conversations about having not just the number of reviews, but having relevant reviews and having reviews that are continually coming in that are new-ish, you know, and then posts, pictures, videos, you know, all of your information that's up to date, you know, your, your profile um, for Google My Business, uh, like you said, it kind of has its own SEO, which is cool. Matt, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I talked to a lot of guys about their Google My Business profile. And it's really cool that Google My Business and that whole profile has such an impact on their marketing. Posts that they have, pictures, reviews, new reviews that are relevant, all those things play a role in its own little version of SEO. 
not just the SEO from your website, which is really awesome. I think that it might help for us to clarify for the listener what the plan is with SEO. Because as a pest control owner, I look at SEO more as a long-term investment. It's something that I know that I'm not necessarily going to have immediate results, but it's necessary if you know I have a plan for the future of my pest control company. And I look at PPC, which is pay-per-click. Those are the ads. And the reason why it's called pay-per-click is because you pay every time somebody clicks on your ad. But I look at PPC as more of the quick hit. So I look at SEO as more of a brand play, help its longer term. It requires a lot of upfront investment with a crazy, crazy potential reward in the end. And pay-per-click more of, you know, just lead generation. We're creating leads. Do you agree with kind of my analysis of how those two work together? Yeah, I think that that's the exact right way to think about it from a business perspective, right? But when you, Alan, or when you, Eric, are holding your digital marketing companies accountable, you need to be looking for SEO. You need to be looking at two benchmarks, okay? They need to be able to talk to you about two things. One of them is your domain authority, okay? It should be improving. That means Google understands who you are and it's getting a better and better at understanding who you are and it's offering your website to people who are searching quicker, right? I think, don't hold me to it, I'd have to go back. It's been a while since I've looked at the domain authority of like the big boys, but like Terminex and Orkin are like around 60, right? Most companies that I work with should be in the 30s or north of the 30s, right? Or hovering right around there. You definitely don't want to be down low, right? But I think the only company on the uh, face of the planet that's like 100 in terms of authority scores, Facebook, I think. Somebody uh, message me, I'm sure you will. So you want to benchmark the domain authority of your website and you want your SEM company to be able to report to you on that. The second piece of the thing, the other kind of key performance indicator that you want to pay attention to when you're doing SEO work with a digital marketing company is you want to see what kind of traffic is coming to your site and they should be able to provide you that information from your analytics. You want to see the audience for your website is growing in attendance and they're coming from direct traffic, they're coming from indirect traffic, they're coming from organic and they're coming from paid search, right? All of these things are working together to kind of raise the awareness of your brand, to your point, Alan, to Google. So your website's coming up on the list, more and more people are finding you, more and more people are making it. That's how you know that your company is doing a good job. If you see your domain authority going in the opposite direction, if you see uh, attendance to your website going in the opposite direction, it's time to kind of renegotiate the terms a little bit with your digital marketing company. Does that make sense? Those are the two things that I would hold my digital marketing company accountable with. I think it's really cool to have those metrics because I understand those concerns of the PCOs that are saying things like, I invest all this money into SEO and I have no idea what it's doing for me. So I like that you're saying, hey, a digital marketing company, whoever it is, should be talking about this domain authority because that would make me feel a lot better. I think the PCO has to be okay with some level of uncertainty. This is an investment. This is us saying, hey, I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to invest in this type of long-term marketing. It's a little slower moving, but in the end, the ROI is crazy. And 
potentially infinite, I'm going to do it even though I'm not going to see immediate results. The funny thing is, is that's the exact same premise that we all started our companies under. Hey, I'm going to have all this upfront work. I'm going to be organizing trucks and hiring people and investing money. And I have some skills. I'm, you know, I'm dedicated. I'm not going to give up. There's a chance that I don't get anything in return. On one hand, I understand the PCO that says, hey, search engine optimization, SEO, you know, this idea that I'm going to work on my website for, you know, months, years in this hope of getting some of this organic, non paid traffic. It's this same idea as us that we kind of went out on a limb and said, hey, I'm going to do my best, but I'm going to take a significant amount of risk calculated though it may be in hopes of this greater reward. That's how I approach SEO. And if you think about it like a stock market too, if you were to track those two benchmarks over time, if you were to track your domain authority and your audience to your site over time, what you would see is that if your your search engine marketing company that you're working with is doing it right, see, I even get the acronyms messed up from time to time. If the company that you're working with is doing it right, it's going to go up and down, but it's going to go up and down generally in the up direction, right? As the market changes, as demand changes, as users' searches are changing, right? As the weather changes, as all these things change. If your digital marketing company is doing, doing a poor job over time, if you track those two KPIs month over month, June, July, August, September, October, you're going to see that can spike go in the wrong directions. <laughs> you're going to go down. And that's what you, you don't want to see. It's an investment just like a stock market, to your point, Alan. You need to put the money in and you need to invest in a good company and you need to watch those two KPIs, your business and your website go up over time. That's the goal. I look at hiring a digital marketing agency and I've hired a bunch in the past. And obviously, I'm one of the founders of owners of Lizard. But I look at it a little bit like a head coach of an NFL team. When an organization hires a head coach, there is a leash where it's like, okay, I'm going to give them a certain amount of time because they came into a disaster or they came into, you know, something was problematic. Otherwise, the head coach that was previously there wouldn't have lost their job. Same with a digital marketing agency. What is the amount of time? What's the leash? How long is a pest control owner operator going to give a digital marketing agency a new one in order to kind of start showing some results without pulling the trigger too quickly? Well, at Lizard, we use three months, right? The first three months, we need to be committed to each other. There's a lot of infrastructure, especially if companies are just starting out. This is the trend that we have noticed at Lizard. And this is no offense to the guys that are just starting out because you guys have my utmost respect, okay? Especially guys that are just starting out, they don't know how to help us get some of the tools and the pieces that we need together in a timely manner to get their infrastructure built for them, right? Sometimes there's a delay at the beginning of even getting the right pieces of the puzzle in place. Maybe they don't know who has the DNS for their website, right? Maybe they're not sure who built it or how to get access to it, right? Maybe they don't. No pointing fingers, but maybe they don't have access to their website, right? And so there's lots of variables right there in particular in the first month that can affect a proper launch. Sometimes all the elements align and things move smoothly, right? But more often than not, as we're kind of going on the scavenger hunt with the companies that we work with, the first month is the hardest, right? 
Second month, you should see improvement. Third month, you should be, you should see the trend and know which direction you're going in. So I would say at the beginning, to answer your question, the rule of thumb for us is three months. You know, I think the other thing that comes into it, we talked about how seasonal this industry is at the beginning of the episode, right? And I think for me, like I need to have a marketing company nailed down and like ready to go by like October, November, right? Like, dude, I'm not changing marketing companies in March. That's marketing suicide. I'm not doing it. That's a for uh, disaster for the company and for any marketing company that they're working with because there's an on-ramp process. And if the on-ramp process takes three months to get there, then what's going to happen is by the time that you get to the place where everything's firing and moving in the right direction and leads are coming in and the phone is ringing and forms are getting filled and all that stuff, the season's almost over. And then you're like... <laughs> crap, <laughs> you know, spot, and the time to get started is right now. Yeah. So, you know, you get a lot of guys who, you know, they don't even start thinking about, you know, deficits in their marketing and, uh, and other stuff and problems until like June or July. And they're like, ah, oh, man, I wish I had a different marketing company. And then like October, November rolls around and like, they kind of, you know, decrease their budgets and everything else kind of goes away. And it kind of out of, out of sight, out of mind scenario. And it's like, hey, man, it's prep season. Now's the time for you to, if you want to court other marketing companies, now's the time to do it. And then that allows plenty of time between now and the beginning of next season to iron out all the wrinkles, right? So that's super important. And obviously, just like you said, is these companies need to have time to give you access to everything you need to have access to. Because there's all sorts of background stuff. Just like you said, who built your website? How do they manage it? you know, all those things. So yeah, lots of time. Time is your friend. You can't even bring an LSA up to speed without at least seven to nine business days. And that's if if you have everything you need together. That's You have to have a criminal background check performed by uh, Pinkerton. You've got to have uh, insurance information, licensing information. All of that stuff has to be, you've got to have a Google My Business page. It's got to have 50 reviews or better if you want to get any traction on that bad boy. So if these pieces of the puzzle aren't placed, you can't flip that switch quickly. You know, it takes a little work. And so you're exactly right. You're thinking about it the right way. We talk a lot on this show about focusing on the things that are important and not urgent. And this is one of those things that it really comes down to the time of the year. Because if we're talking about it right now and people are starting to make that transition and starting to pull the trigger with a new company right now, they're in the quadrant too, because it's very, very important, but not urgent. But if they wait until March, April, May, June, they've just gone into a different quadrant where it's important, but now it's urgent. And that's what we're trying to avoid. We have so many other things as PCOs going on in April, May, June, and we want to be up and running. One of my favorite Seinfeld episodes is, you know, they're talking about how breaking up with people is like knocking over a soda machine. And I think I've brought up this analogy before <laughs> with like pretty much everything. But it's like how you have to rock it back a few times back and forth before you, you don't get it on the first push. Well, you can finally push it over. And I think, <laughs> I think bringing on a new digital marketing company is like that. And you have to kind of, at the first sign of struggle, you don't just you know give up and then it kind of just, the soda machine just rocks back into place, right? It's like, hey, oh man, I have to get all this stuff. I have to make these preparations, get on the same page with my marketing company. And then from there, it's more, I highly recommend that you continue to manage it. You don't just hands off, okay, 
you know, I'm going to throw caution to the wind, whatever they say, I believe you want to make sure you're following up with them. You're wanting to make sure that you're tracking the data that is important to you, not that's important to the marketing company. Now, there might be a scenario where the marketing company provides some education and helps you understand, hey, this is why this is important. This is why we look at domain authority, like Matt was talking about. But make sure, this is one mistake I've made in the past, Eric, with a very large digital marketing agency, is that I just became completely hands-off. And they didn't do a terrible job, but it just didn't meet my expectations. And I don't think Lizard's the answer for that. If you're the type that's like, hey, no, I'm I'm not going to you know, manage this. I'm not going to monitor it. In a lot of ways, Eric, I look at vendor relationships, partnerships like that, a lot like employees. It's like, hey, I could hire the best, like top of the top employee that I don't have to check in with very often, but I still have to check in. I still have to check reports. I still, and to be honest with you, the best employees, when they're performing at a really high level, they want to have that communication with you. They want to say, hey, check this out. Like I, not that they need it in terms of like staying in line or, you know, keeping up with their workload. And I think it's the same with the digital marketing agency. And one thing that we've really prided ourselves on at Lizard, and I wanted to give Matt a chance to chat about this, was that clarity and that transparency of making sure that the PCO felt comfortable with their relationship with Lizard, felt like their dollars were actually going to something and being listened to. For sure. Because everybody's market is so different. Everybody's business is so different. Everybody's position on the journey of how their company is doing, where their companies come from, where their company's going, or has the capacity to get to is so different. You've got to feel comfortable with whoever you're working with. I'm not even vouching for Lizard. I'm thinking back to the times when I was working at Killingsworth and I had the, to cut the check to uh, a company and hope that it was returning something on the back end. If you don't know exactly what's going on, you need to feel empowered to ask the question because this is your business, right? This is your business. You need to care about this thing. Your marketing company is responsible for bringing you opportunities to close down with your sales team, to turn into recurring revenue for your sales team. Then they are an intricate part of the strategy of your business. Probably, you know, in my opinion, it's my favorite part of the strategy of your business. Okay. Creating as much opportunity as possible and understanding how they're doing it and being unafraid to ask them questions about that is really important. So you need to feel as the business owner empowered to ask your marketing company the questions. And then when it comes to the transparency element, the conversation element, you should not feel, and I was fortunate. I give Mike Pinkney Marketing here in town a shout out all day long. I love that guy. And the reason that I love that guy and the reason we still go get coffee and the reason that we still, you know, catch up and grab a beer and just um, hang out from time to time is because when I did not know, but needed to know, he did not feel like somebody who was talking uh, down at me, somebody who's keeping cards close to their chest. 
somebody that was hiding information from me or hoping they could just throw an Excel at me at the end of the month and that I'd be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. It's like uh, clear as mud is what my dad always would say, you know? And then I go back into my executive meetings like, guys, look at this Excel spreadsheet. I think they're doing great. Let's cut them more money, right? You don't want to have any of those feelings with the people that you work with. And he never made me feel like that. He made me feel like, hey, do you understand what I'm saying? Or do you have the information that you need to step into your next meeting in an informed way? Is there something that we can do that gives you better insight as to? And he was constantly kind of making adjustments as to what Pinkney was doing to make sure that I had everything that I need to do my job. And so that that piece is, is very important. Your digital marketing company is a key component to growing your company. And also having the type of partnership that makes you feel like this is truly a partner. This person has my back. They're not just trying to make a quick buck or get me stuck into some type of situation. They, I feel like they have my back and they're here for the long haul. That's the vibe that you want to walk out of all of your meeting conversations with when it's tough, when it's great, and when you're planning for the future. You know, I love it. We've got about two minutes left, Matt. In those two minutes, I want to get a little bit of an idea of what you would recommend as the slower season is upon us in terms of shifting. Do you recommend that companies shift a little of what they would normally be spending on pay-per-click and get a little more SEO focused? Or how does that change as the season change? And then finally, if people are interested in learning more about Lizard, where do they track somebody down. So that we're talking to our current clients and, you know, even coming back from Pest World, everybody that we're talking to right now, that's uh, we've got meetings, meetings, meetings all week, right? <laughs> Brent has been busy. So everything that we're talking to folks about right now is about prep for the season that's coming up. There's no off season. If you think about it like a sports team, there's not an off season. You get back to training, right? And so much of the down season of pest control is training and getting ready for uh, the uptime. Your company should want to work on right now your SEO. I'm so glad that you guys opened it up with this. I know that we didn't necessarily plan it this way, but it's pretty perfect. You want to be working on your SEO right now. Okay. You want to be creating content that's contextually important and planning content for January, February, and March in particular. Like here, we'll see termites swarm on the first warm day of spring, right? We want to have the infrastructure in place for SEO that when users are like, what is this? <laughs> we want our content to be right there and ready, readily available. So you're building content that's important now. And you're planning for content that will be important in the future. This is not a downtime just because PPC should be winding down and it should. Your digital marketing company should not be looking for more paid search money right now. It should be moving with demand and demand is dropping. And so should the paid search budget, right? And you should be leveraging some of that, pushing some of that aside to work on your SEO. And then if you want to get to know more about what we are doing over at Lizard, just go to lizardsem.com. There's a little button that says, let's chat. And we will dig into it. We'll learn all about your company. We can share some war stories. I've got plenty. <laughs> and uh, we can figure out where exactly you are in this process of figuring out which kind of SEM trajectory you're on, right? Where are you at in this process? And what kind of tools can we help you with to make you more successful? It's all on the website, lizardsem.com. Just click Let's Chat. Love it. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. We look forward to future conversations, my man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show your support by subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating. Thank you, and we'll catch you on next week's episode.